All right, good morning. Teaching others also. It is Monday morning, January the 31st. We'll be one-twelfth of the way month-wise through the year of 2022 after today. Sometimes that is hard to believe. And we've been looking at, talking about fishers of souls, fishers of men. Today we're going to continue to look at the idea of fishers. We've talked about fishers, fishing and fish, and that's what we're going to be speaking on and talking on. And these are, uh, I'm not going to rush through them. These are almost like we were sitting down or in a small classroom talking and uh, almost one-on-one. -on -one. Because I think one of the greatest things that's missing, and it won't be long, we're going to put something out about this, is this true spirit of teaching others also. It is not a calling for one person or a few people. One of the greatest travesties, I believe, of the last hundred years has been this development of these little niches in the ministry that men can get away with. You're not a good pastor, and I'm not speaking from my opinion, I'm talking about in the Bible, if you're not apt to teach. If you think that pastoring is just about getting up and pulpiteering and all that, then you're not a good pastor. And I didn't say that, I promise. The Bible says it. He said one of the things about a bishop, 1 Timothy chapter 3, is he'll be apt to teach. Not just prone to teach as inapt, but have the aptitude. And that's something you work at constantly, lifetime. It should be to the shame of Christianity and Christian leaders, and I'm talking about our kind, that the world spends more effort learning how to teach others also than the typical person called to preach. Now today what we're going to do is we're going to read Chambers. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to look at John chapter 7. So if you'll turn to John 7 and read it. You know, one of the things that, that I, I just grieves my soul sometimes is that the things in the Bible that are so basic and clear are being neglected. And that is that old forest for the trees things. People get little trees going and that's their ministry and their choice and there's several things that are bad about it one is the individual doesn't grow they don't grow in christ they don't grow they're stuck in time almost they're stuck in presentation they're stuck in the manner in which they deal with others you know every single man and woman too but every single man with the sound of my voice or other voices should be concerned with knowing and learning Christ constantly. Philippians 3, he said that I may know Him. So today, Chambers is titled, Do You See Your Calling? He's referring to Romans 1, verse 1, where it says, separated unto the gospel. Remember, we're talking about fishing for souls. We're not talking about soul winning. Soul winning became a tree that everybody focused on in the forest and it became a tree that honestly was a tool for trying to grow congregations, to grow churches. They call them churches. I call them congregations because it's different. Uh, it, it is technically a local church, but the problem is they're trying to grow a con congregation, not necessarily people. And then they convinced people that the more people you could lead to Christ or tell people you led to Christ or believe you led to Christ had, a, had an idea of how much you were growing in Christ. And I've met some of the, honestly, some of the most 
you could say juvenile believers at 40 and 50 years old that could, you know, claim souls. And yet they couldn't find most of those converts with a searchlight. Now, what I'm doing is not reactionary. What I want to teach is just from this book and stuff. And I'm saying that if you do this, it settles all that stuff because you get a picture of the forest. So Chambers says today, our calling is not primarily to be holy men and women, but to be proclaimers of the gospel of God. The one thing that is all important is that the gospel of God should be realized as the abiding reality. He has a capital R on this word reality. Reality is not human goodness, nor holiness, nor heaven, nor hell, but redemption. And the need to perceive this is the most vital need of the Christian worker today. This is written almost it's written 90 years ago, we'll say, almost 100 years ago. As workers, we have to get used to the revelation that redemption is the only reality. Personal holiness is an effect, not a cause. And if we place our, our faith in human goodness, in the effect of redemption, we shall go under when the test comes. Paul did not say he separated himself, but, and he's quoting, when it pleased God who separated me, and that was Paul speaking. Paul had not a hypersensitive interest in his own character. As long as our eyes are upon our own personal whiteness, we shall never get near the reality of redemption. Workers break down because their desire is for their own whiteness and not for God. In quotes, he says, Don't ask me to come into contact with the rugged reality of redemption on behalf of the filth of human life as it is. What I want is anything God can do for me to make me more desirable in my own eyes, unquote. To talk in that way is a sign that the reality of the gospel of God has not begun to touch me. There is no reckless abandon to God in that. God cannot deliver me while my interest is merely in my own character. Paul is unconscious of himself. He is recklessly abandoned, separated by God for one purpose, to proclaim the gospel of God. John 7, the context and the passage is amazing, but we're just going to look at a couple verses. Verse 16, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. There is a sense in which every one of us needs to keep on the track of this thing that if we're going to be a fisher of souls, we have to know Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to let the Lord form Christ in us. Paul said that's what he travailed to do, till Christ be formed in you. Not till your belief system gets okay and everyone says, yeah, that's right, when they listen. Not to where, you know, you can get your crowd that accepts how you do it and you accept how they do it and, you know, agree to disagree and all that. Oh, that's fine. But you understand, those are just effects. Those are just side things that happen. To know Him, to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have to beware 
of taking things like consideration and conjecture and making them equal with or superior to clear teaching. May I, say, may I clarify? I've taught for years and years, and that you have different ways, I know, but this is my way of describing to you Bible and Bible teaching, Bible doctrine, Bible preaching, teaching. There is clear teaching in the Bible. Then there are things that are considerations. Then are things that are conjectures. And I know you've heard this before if you've listened much. But I'm going to repeat it again because as someone just said to me the other day, and I think it was on perhaps yesterday's uh, Proverbs for the Day, that I mentioned it. And that is this, okay? Every time you come to your Bible and every time you think about something and every time you make some sort of judgment, we'll say, or discernment, it should be based upon whether something is a clear teaching, a consideration, or conjecture. Many of the things that professing Bible believers believe are considerations, and a lot of them are conjectures. Now, it's okay to have some considerations in your mind and conjectures. You say, what do you mean by that? Okay, there is clear teaching in your Bible. For example, when Paul said, when he wrote to Timothy, if any man consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? He said that. He said, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, where cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, deaths to the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself, but godliness with contentment is great gain. If godliness doesn't come before your dispensational attitude, now I understand all about dispensations, if it doesn't come before that, then you're off track. And we have to make sure we stay on track. Because to be like the Lord Jesus Christ is to be like John 7 where he said, If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. We cannot take a clear teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, about what he taught. There are many who explain away the Beatitudes completely <laughs> because they put it in a different time period. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ spake it, and the Apostle Paul said, you better pay attention. You know, it's amazing to me that people somehow think that being doing good is some kind, some kind of compromise with this world. But it's not. We should be the ones known for doing good. That's not to replace the gospel. But what we should remember is that we with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, Ephesians 6 and verse 7. We should remember that our Lord Jesus Christ went about doing good. And that's what we need to understand, is we have to tell ourselves that we are going to make sure that we're going to be like our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a great burden of mine, and I'll tell you why. Of all the people in the whole world, those who have an assurance that you have the Bible right there in front of you. I have my Bible open in front of me, my King James Bible. 
But that's not so that I can have divisions and disputings and, and say, if you don't believe this book, well, wait a minute. If you don't live this book, what good is your belief? It doesn't endear you to God or me to God. And yet, and yet, it is, it's a lost thing, a lost art, you might say, that we are constantly, it's lost, that we should just be like the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, if he be lifted up, he draw all men into him. That's not just you going around telling everybody that Christ died for him and they need to get saved to go to hell. That is part of the gospel that we preach. No, if you lift him up in your life and he's the highest part of your life, he'll draw people to him through you. See, it's not one or the other. It's not one tree, just give them hell with the gospel, and it's not the other tree, just love them into the kingdom. No, it's the whole forest. And seriously, if we were sitting down, having a cup of coffee, talking, these are the things that I'd, I'd share with you. Oh, don't panic. The word share. <laughs> Man, y'all are amazing. Listen to me, please. You ready? To be fishers of souls, we have to, as he said, follow me and I will make you. We looked at these in our opening of this whole series. Follow me and I'll make you. We have to come after him, he said, and you will become. We come after him. We follow him. We don't just follow some teachings about him. We're following him as a person. And, and I know, I know that there's this reaction, you know, remember uh, the, uh, the guy who came to Christ was famous before he died in the, in the air, air accident, the jet accident, was uh, Payne Stewart, famous golfer. When I was down under, I saw him in person there, he was at a place, and he wore, he made history and news because he was wearing a little armband that said WWJD back then, what would Jesus do? And everyone's all up in arms, it's not what would Jesus do, and that's true. It's what would Jesus have you to do? But they were closer. They were closer to the Spirit of Christ than a lot of people are when they wanted to know what would Jesus do about something. And we need to ask ourselves, am I walking with Him so closely that it's lifting Him up so He will draw men unto us? How about this week? Start this week with that idea. Know Him. To let God make you like Him. To let God work in your heart, in your mind. And we're going to go through some stuff. And, and I, I trust, I trust. I, I, I'm not one of those guys that purposely tries to offend people, but I'm not going to purposely try to protect you from the truth. Please pray about this all day. And I'll see you first thing in the morning.